0: Youth, how are we feeling tonight? Come on, first day of school, how you feeling tonight? Sheesh. Who's stoked to be back at school? Who is not stoked to be back at school? Who says I'd rather be back at school than doing school online? Come on now, let's go. Hey, if you got a Bible, open your Bibles. Uh, if you can, if you have the ability, open your Bibles to two spots. Uh, open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 19, and also open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. We just want to take a second and say, welcome to Bridge Youth. Whether you are here watching, uh, whether you're here in person or you're watching online, we want to say, welcome. We are so stoked you're here. One of our favorite things in the whole world is meeting new people. I met a couple new people tonight already which is so 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 cool we love meeting new people and and we haven't said this in three weeks because we missed two weeks which means we haven't said this for three weeks and this never gets old for us we like welcoming our guests by saying we're here to build you up not yeah we love you we back you and this section was very loud so we'll see if that stays throughout the night but um Hey, seriously, uh, you don't have to believe to belong here. We're here to build you up, not beat you up. We love you. We back you. We are so stoked that you came to hang out tonight. And so tonight, we are going to kick off a brand new series entitled Marvel. Somebody say Marvel. Um, Where are all of my God-fearing, saved, most definitely going to heaven people who know That Marvel is better than DC. Where you at, people? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Nobody wants the best movie in your franchise to be six hours long, even though Zack Snyder's Justice League was very good. But six hours? Ain't nobody got time for that. Come on. Marvel, superior to DC. But the series, it doesn't really have to do with Marvel Comics, even though I'm a huge Marvel Comics fan. I'm a huge nerd. I was reading comics back in the day and age when you got bullied for reading comics. Um, on the count of three, just name your favorite Marvel character. One, two, three, go. <laughs> There's a very, very fanatic Thor fan over here. I'm not going to say any names or point anybody out, but it was a female. And she was going, ah! oh my god, ah! <laughs> Mine for sure is Spider-Man, because I see myself in Spider-Man. I love, love Spider-Man. But slept on Nightcrawler, anybody? Nightcrawler from the X-Men, so cool. Ven- Venom's also dope, so sick. Or, or Carnage, anybody? Carnage, so sick. <laughs> But, but the series really doesn't have much to do with Marvel Comics as much as it does the literal meaning of the word Marvel. Everybody say Marvel. So the definition of Marvel, if you're a note taker, write this down. The definition of Marvel, it's this, to be filled with wonder or astonishment. It's to be filled with wonder or astonishment. And, and this series, Marvel, um, it's really like, so as, as summer was coming to an end, I started thinking about moments that we have in summer. Often these moments look something like being on the West Coast, best coast, a warm, there is nothing like a warm summer night, bonfire at the beach, toes in the sand, and you are watching the sun set on the West Coast. There ain't nothing like it. A warm breeze is blowing through your hair. Your sunburn is heck looking something like a tomato girl. You should have put on sunscreen. You're roasting your marshmallows. Oh. And, and, and as the sun sets, you just think to yourself something like, I've never dreamed a dream that was big enough for the dreams that I need to dream in all of my dreams. <laughs> Oh, you know, those, um, you know those summer nights when you're like, I don't got school tomorrow, so why go to sleep? Not like at a decent hour, just why go to sleep at all? And so you find yourself awake in bed at night. Your phone died, and you did the thing where you're like on your phone, and you drop it on your face. <laughs> and you're embarrassed, even though nobody else is around to see it, but you still feel embarrassed. But your phone's died, so you're just laying in bed, staring at the ceiling eyes wide open, and you start to think about, wow, eternity is a really long time. And then you think, well, here's the crazy thing about eternity. It's not just from here to there is no end. Eternity, there's no beginning either. God was never born. And you're like, oh, my gosh, God was never born. Like, there's no beginning for him. And you're like, this is crazy. Or, Or one of my favorite moments when I have these kind of, like, crazy sort of, um, summer night type marveling thoughts that go through, go through your head. It's when you're like in your backyard and, and, and we have actually, we had rest in peace to the hammock. you um, students came over to our house one time, hammock, rest in peace. <laughs> Flipped it and then the hammock died. And so did two students, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but summer nights where I'd lay out in my backyard on my hammock and, and just stare at the stars. Anybody else just find yourself staring at the stars sometimes? The most beautiful stars, like if you ever get out of California, you'll realize there's these things in the sky called stars. <laughs> you know, when you don't have the, sh- the the smog and the light pollution, you'll see there's stars up there. The most beautiful stars I've ever seen. It's in East Africa, in the middle of a safari in a place called Masai Mara, looked to the sky and literally saw like the green glow of the Milky Way in the sky. It was like, I never really understood um, the the, what the word breathtaking meant until I saw that. I was like, oh my gosh, like literally forgot to breathe looking at it. It was wild. Um, and I don't know about you, but but ever since I was a kid, I've always just been fascinated with space, I've always just been fascinated with the cosmos and the universe. And, and I think there's very little in the world that makes us marvel more than The heavens. And so tonight, as we dig into this, I want to speak a message to you entitled, How Great is Our God? Um, I saw these two, um, these two sermons, these videos. This guy named Louis Giglio, he actually did a whole tour um, on these two things. One was called Indescribable, and one was called How Great Is Our God. And when I was a teenager, having watched these videos like not long after I got saved, they played a pretty big role in my faith. And, and much of what I'll talk about tonight is content that I saw from these amazing Louis Giglio um, messages. And so tonight, yeah, we're gonna talk about one of the things that'll make us marvel more than anything Else, and that is creation. And much of tonight, we are gonna, guys, I nerded out so hard (laughs) prepping for this. I watched like Eight documentaries on the Milky Way and space and the universe and, and, and astronomy. And we are all together going to nerd out. This is why I wore the glasses. I have 2020 vision, you guys, but we're gonna get real intellectual tonight. I actually have better than 2020 vision, I am told by an eye doctor. Um, but, but tonight we're gonna kind of, I wish every single person in this room had a latte. And we could, that's why I have a chair. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit for much of the message and I just wish we all had a latte that we can just sip and, and enjoy this Is Tonight, we're gonna talk about the amazing creation of God. And here's your sermon in a sentence for you note takers. If you're taking notes, God loves you more. I love you more. My wife loves you more. Um, if you're taking notes tonight, you're gonna get a fast pass into heaven. Everyone not taking notes in church tonight, you will have to wait for 10 thousand years to get into heaven. God won't send you to hell for not taking notes in church, but he will make you wait somewhere in the middle. It might be Abraham's bosom because we don't know what that is, but it's in the Bible. So <laughs> no, if you're taking notes, write this down. When we elevate God to his rightful place, everything else will fall into place. That's your sermon in a sentence. So let's take this. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God said, let there be And there was, yeah, there, there was light. God said, let there be light. It's so crazy to me that there are actually people in the world who will look at the heavens, who will look at the stars, who will learn about astronomy, who will learn about creation, and they will somehow conjure up the crazy idea that all of this just came into existence all by itself. Like, it's so crazy to me. How can you look at the ocean or, or, or go to Yosemite or, or look at the sky at night and think, oh, yeah, that just randomly came into existence on its own? I heard one person say the likelihood of the universe, of the world coming into existence on its own, it's, it's, it's almost as likely as a tornado going through a junkyard and giving a, getting a 747 jumbo jet on the other side. It's just, it's not likely. And it's crazy to me that people actually think, they actually think the, the universe came into existence on its own. And then there's other people who, who will say like, oh, you know, the universe, it's so big, it's so massive, it's so vast. And we're going to talk about how big the universe really is, because I can almost guarantee that you have no idea how big the universe really is. And, and people will see how big the universe is, and they'll say, well, if the purpose of the universe is to inhabit life, then there's no way that we are the only living things in the universe. There must be Aliens, put on your foil hats, everybody. We're talking about aliens in church. But you know what I think, what if? Everybody say, what if? What if the purpose of the universe is not about us? What if it's not about sustaining life? But what if instead, not being about us, what if the universe is about God? And what if the purpose of the entire universe was actually to reflect the glory of God. Then I think that the universe is probably just about the right size. Somebody say amen. And really, I think that scripture backs this. And we're going to read two pieces of scripture tonight. Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? We stand when we read God's word because we love it and we honor it. And people have died so that we could have God's word. So first, we're going to jump into uh, Psalm chapter 19, I have my nifty, uh, paper clip in the wrong spot, uh, Psalm 19, we're going to read two verses here, then we're going to jump over to Colossians chapter 1, Psalm 19, um, let's do this really quick, where, let me get a, where's a junior high boy who's not, who's comfortable with reading in front of people, junior high boy, right here, my man in the Nintendo 64 shirt, let's go, my guy, hop up on stage, all right, dude, What's your name? Uh, my name's Ryan. Ryan, would you do me a favor? You see those pink highlighted verses? Would you read those verses for me loud and proud? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, the one's right here. Yep. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display the, his craft, craftsmanship. Day after day, he continues to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word, and their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth, and their words to all the world yes let's go my guy (laughs) ryan you got a voice for radio my guy thank you so much ryan hey uh are you single don't answer that question can we get a junior is there is there a junior high girl in the place that is not afraid to read in front of people junior high girl my guy (laughs) there there's a junior high boy over there with long hair jumping up up and down maybe i should just choose him Right here, yeah. Come on, come on, city. All right, Colossians one. What's up? What's your name? Avery. Avery, what's good? Okay, Colossians one, verse sixteen. You don't gotta. You see that that one? That that's that's kind of a um, that verse seventeen. It's sort of the like plot twist at the end of the message. So don't read seventeen. Just read sixteen. All right. For though him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Yes, let's go, Avery! Hey, before you're seated, let's pray. God, you're so good. We love you so much. Gotta pray a school has begun. um, Let them make an executive order that school should only be an hour long every day. And here comes... Here comes the glorious, amazing football season. God, would you, the Lord of the heavens and the earth, bless your football team this year and no other football team, the Las Vegas Raiders. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Grab a seat. Hey, um, have you guys... Have you guys ever had like, have you ever had a friend do something and having done that something, you viewed that friend completely different? Have you ever, have you ever had something happen? Um, You ever have something happen to you, an event, a situation, and that just like made you see the world differently? I had an event that happened to me that made me look at putting my shoes on different. I just started viewing putting my shoes on different. One morning, um, I wake up, I put my shoes on, and this morning, I specifically remember this morning, I was wearing um, Converse Chuck Taylors, High tops, it's important that I was wearing the high tops. Why is that important, Corey? Cause you've all worn chucks and the high tops. They take like 45 minutes to put on and they take like an hour and a half to get off, right? So, so I put my Chuck Taylors on and you ever, you ever put your shoes on and like you didn't quite pull your sock tight enough so it like bundles up at the toe and you're like, oh my gosh, bro. But then you put on chucks, the high tops and you think, man, I'm already running late for school. Like forget it, I will just be uncomfortable all day, because it's not worth taking my shoe off, so I'm going around the house, and I'm getting ready, and everything, and, and I keep trying to, once in a while, you know, you get, you get that, like, ball of sock in the toe of your shoe, and you just kind of move it around, or, like, do one of those things, and it works itself out, you know, it just kind of somehow, mysteriously, and miraculously works itself out, and, uh, Romans 8, 28, God works all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his plans of purpose, oh, God, um, don't do that, you know, uh, So I'm kind of trying to do that. You know, I'm like doing my hair. This was back when spiky hair was still in. So I was like putting a ton of hair gel in my hair and hairspray on top of that. All the while, I'm like working out the like clump of sock in my toe. And it wasn't getting better. Like all morning, it wasn't getting better. Look at your neighbor say, it wasn't getting better. And so I finally reached that place where I was like, all right, like, I just gotta take my shoe off and fix my sock. So an hour and a half later, my shoe's off and I go to like fix my sock and I'm like, my sock's pulled tight. And I look on the ground and my shoe is sitting like sideways like this. Bro, revenge storms do not sit sideways like that. And the cockroach comes climbing out of my shoe. And the cockroach is like busted in half and its guts are hanging out of its butt. <laughs> I'm like such a clean person. I literally ran to the shower. I'm wearing socks. I ran to the shower. I showered. I threw the shoes away. I changed. I threw the I burned the socks. Actually, I cremated those socks. <laughs> I'm like And you know what happened? I literally looked at putting my shoes on different from that day on. Literally like almost 20 years later, when I put my shoes on now, almost every time I go like this. To make sure. And now every single person in this room is gonna start doing the same. Cause God knows if there's a freaking cockroach in your shoe. You ever have something like happen to you that just changes how you look at things? I I think that when we begin to realize how big God is, how amazing God is, it will change not how we see some things, it will change how we see everything. And I wanna talk about a few of the things that will change our perspective on. So point number one tonight, if you're taking notes, write this down, life. Realizing how big God is will make you see life differently. So I, I promised you we're going to look at some stars. We're going to nerd out. Um, please, just for the love of God, of my own, like, self-confidence. Is anybody, is anybody else fascinated by space and stars and astronomy? And I know I, when I was a kid, I was like, I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to go into space. There's so much fire involved with getting there. It would be sick, right? Okay, so let's nerd out for a few moments. I, I, let's talk about the two closest stars to us in, in our entire um, kind of cul-de-sac of the galaxy called the Milky Way. There's actually... Um, so, so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God said, let there be. And there was. And people will say things like, oh, man, I wish I was there. I wish I was there the day that, like you know, the universe came into existence and God spoke, let there be, like you would not have wanted to be there because when God said, let there be light, light came screaming out of the mouth of God at 186,000 miles per second. Anybody know, know what that is? It's the speed of light the speed of light is 186,000 miles per second. And so you're going to h- hear a lot about this measurement because when we talk about space and the cosmos and the universe, the yard ain't going to do nothing for us. A mile is way too small. We have, to, we have to use a form of measurement called light years, a light year. And you probably already put together that a light year is how far uh, light will travel in one year, right? Okay, so... Now, like, just do the math really quick, if you could. Just crunch these numbers in your head. What is 186,000 miles per second, nonstop, for a full year? What is that? Like, just crunch the numbers for me real quick, if anybody can. Okay, I just did the math in my head. It's 5.88, 5.88, get this, tri- 17, it's 7, uh, 3.14? No, that's pi. Um, get this, a light year... How far light will travel in one year is 5.88 trillion. Someone say trillion. Trillion miles. That is far. So let's talk really quick. We're going to talk about the two closest stars to us in in the Milky Way. Let's talk about literally the only star in our entire solar system. It is a star called the sun. You guys really do like You like astronomy. This is very impressive. (laughs) There it is. White girls, put on your sunscreen. <laughs> what the heck? There's a girl back there with shades on, just like <laughs> leaning back in a lawn chair. Um, it's called the sun. If you didn't know, there's actually only one star in all of our solar system, and it's called the sun. Um, here's the thing about the sun the sun is 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit on the surface. 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit on the surface. The sun is a measly. 93 million miles away, 93 million miles away. So you're like, uh, how far away is that? Well, at 186,000 miles per second, the light from the sun leaving the sun only takes about eight minutes to reach your skin here in Temecula, California. Now, for me, I, I wanna just point out really not how hot the sun is. I wanna point out how big the sun is. Um, the sun is right around 1 million times the size of earth. Now, if you're like me, you hear numbers, and you're like, that does nothing for me. Okay, so let's do this. I thought that I would need this. I've got a golf ball, and uh, calm down, JJ. (laughs) Calm down, Joseph. We all know you can drive the ball 350 yards. (laughs) Um, All night, let's, let's just do this. Let's just imagine that the earth is this golf ball, so go ahead and just like find you, find like where you're at. When you see yourself, just nod your head. Say, "Okay, there I am." Um, every everybody of the 7.2 approximate billion people on the planet are living here. So if if the Earth was the size of a golf ball, the Sun would be 15 feet in diameter. Now I know probably like this is not even 15 feet. This is probably more like six feet, but double the size of this. And now you're getting a little bit of a glimpse of how big the sun is comparatively to the earth. Let's nerd out a little bit more, okay? So if the earth was a golf ball, the sun would be right around uh, 960,000 earths could fit into the sun. 960,000 earths can fit into the sun. That is enough golf balls to fill up the school bus that you took to school this morning. Does anybody still take the school bus to school? Anybody ride the bus to school? I rode the bus to school all the time, really. A, a small remnant of school bus. All right. Think of any bus. You, that's how many earths could fit into the sun. It's crazy how big the sun actually is. Let's talk about our closest, the closest uh, star to us other than the sun. Anybody know what it's called? (laughs) We said, we stay in our solar system. I'm an expert. Get outside of it. I have no clue. Okay, so it's it's a star called Proxima Centauri. Somebody say Proxima. Now say Centauri. This is our closest star other than the sun and and there it is uh what, what I want to talk about is not necessarily the size of Proxima Centauri. I want to talk about the distance of Proxima Centauri to the uh, Earth, to the to the sun, our solar system. So you see there, you know, you got two light years and then four light years. Oh, four, that's it? Yeah, you know, no big deal. Not that far. If you want to pay a quick visit to Proxima Centauri, just hop into Tesla, floor that thing to 186,000 miles per second, and then drive at 186,000 miles per second. second for 4.2 years straight, and you'll arrive at Proxima Centauri. Um, Here's the crazy thing, like look at your neighbor, say, let's nerd out. (laughs) Look at your other neighbor, the one that you chose second, say, you're a nerd. (laughs) Okay, because, get this, get this, the closest star to us other than the sun, the closest star. This means that when you look up at the sky at night, Proxima Centauri is the closest one to us, and it is 4.2 light years away. So nerd out on this, that is so far away that when you look up at the night sky, when you're laying in your back lawn, dreaming about there being more to life, When you look and you see Proxima Centauri, because we all know that you could look into the sky and point out exactly where it's at, (laughs) you are not seeing Proxima Centauri for how it is right now. You're seeing it, nerd out, for how it was about four years ago. It's called time delay. So you're literally, like when you look into the sky and you look at the stars, you're literally looking into the past. That is like some Raviki from Lion King type stuff right there. So, so like literally the light that is, you're seeing is four years old. That's the closest star to us. Well, Corey, what about the furthest star from us? Well, we're still trying to figure that out with telescopes and Hubble and Voyager. But with the naked eye, he said naked in church. With the naked eye, the, closest, the, the, the furthest star that we can see with the naked eye... Uh, it's a star called V762 Cas in the Cassiopeia constellation. Not nearly as cool of a name as Proxima Centauri. Um, and this, this star, it is, get this, 16,308 light years away. So nerd out on this. When you look up at the sky and you see that's the furthest one away that you can see with the naked eye, you are not seeing that star for how it is right now because of time delay. You're seeing that star for how it was 16,000 years ago. You know what happened 16,000 years ago? We were still in the ice age. Jesus was on the planet 2,000 years ago. Okay, you're still not tripping out with me enough. Let's talk about what's called the, 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 the uh, darling of astronomy. It's called the Whirlpool Galaxy. And we have a picture of the Whirlpool Galaxy. It's absolutely beautiful. They call it the darling of astronomy because the Whirlpool Galaxy, it actually sits perfectly perpendicular to Earth. And so as we're sitting like this, it's just like that to us in space. So the Whirlpool Galaxy is right around 31 million light years away. So how far is that? Corey? Well, easy math. Just take 31 million times 5.8 trillion, and then you get your distance to the Whirlpool Galaxy. Get this. The Whirlpool Galaxy has 300 billion stars in it. 300 billion. And it is just one galaxy of hundreds of billions of galaxies in the what we call the known universe. And Psalm 33, verse 6 says that the Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. AKA, God didn't have to lift a finger to create this. And he breathed the word and the stars were born. I don't know about you, but that just makes me think about life differently. That, that the God that we worship tonight, the God that we pray to, is not some weak, measly, small God. He is a God that when he speaks, he creates universes. And not one that's like, oh, look, right over there. No, we're talking about ones that are so far away that, that, that it takes 16,000 years for its light to get to us. And God literally just said, huh. I want to make that, and it's created. That makes me, that makes me think about life different. That, that makes me worry different. God created the whirlpool, one more time, put up the whirlpool galaxy for me if you would, Caleb. God created the Whirlpool Galaxy and it's 31 million light years away. There's 300 billion stars in the Whirlpool Galaxy. And within those 300 billion stars, it is just one galaxy in the hundreds of billions of galaxies in the known universe. And you're worried about who you're gonna date this year. (laughs) And, and, And you're stressed out About the fact that that girl's been talking behind your back, but this is the God that you worship. See, see, this makes me, this makes me worry different because when I'm like, oh my gosh, early in ministry, like Amber and I, when we first got married, we got married at 20 years old. That should be illegal. Like we were pastors at 20 years old as well. That should also be illegal. But we were both of those things. And I'll tell you this, we were broke broke. We were red box date night eating ramen broke. That's how broke we were. And when there was times when I was worried about paying the rent, I wish I just would have pulled up a picture of the, the darling of astronomy the whirlpool galaxy and thought to myself what is my rent compared to this god it makes me it makes me have more faith like like it makes me just believe for more does does un, does like seeing any of this just make anybody else want to dream bigger dreams Like, I don't know about you, but it just makes me think to myself, I have not been dreaming big enough. If this is the God who has orchestrated the plan of my life since the dawn of time, well then, I'm probably not dreaming big enough. Somebody say amen. I don't know about you, but this just makes me look at life different. Because how can we believe that God is extraordinary, but his plan for us is just ordinary? How can we think that the God who created this, that his plan for us is boring? It makes me look at life different. The next thing it makes me look different, look at different is the world, the world. Okay, we talked about the sun and how big the sun is. Um, let's talk about a, a star a little bit bigger, um, Let's talk about a star, one of my favorite named stars, uh, Beetle Geese or Beetlejuice. Um, you can choose which one on the count of three, pick out which one you're gonna choose. One, two, three. <laughs> uh, obviously, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Beetlejuice um, Beetle is 427 light years away. 427 light years. So when we look up and we see Beetlejuice, we're not seeing it for how it is now, we're seeing it for how it was 427 years ago. Time delay fact. There's some stars that we're seeing right now, but they've been dead for thousands of years, yet their light's still traveling to us. Nerd out on that. Betelgeuse is uh, twice the size of, oh my gosh, Corey, it's twice the size of the earth? No. You're telling me it's twice the size of the sun? Uh Uh-uh. Betelgeuse is twice the size of earth's orbit around the sun, Yeah, that's what I thought the first time I heard this. Beetlejuice is massive. If earth was a golf ball, (laughs) Beetlejuice would be the size of the Empire State Building, stacked on top of each other six times. So you're gonna need to get on an airplane and fly to New York. Go take your golf ball out of your pocket, Place it out that don't go to the top of the Empire State Building and drop it off, because like, junior high boys, <laughs> I respect the heck out of it, please don't do it. <laughs> you're going to need to go to the Empire State Building in New York, put your golf ball in front of it, you're going to need to go across the street, look at the golf ball, look at the height of the Empire State Building, imagine another five on top of it, and that is the size of this star, Beetlejuice. Oh my gosh. Man, Corey, that's, that's pretty big. 960,000 earths fit in the sun. What about Betelgeuse? Lucky for you, I did the math. <laughs> Don't clap for me. I didn't do the math. Louis Giglio did the math. <laughs> Louis Giglio, if you're watching online, all the credit is yours, my guy. Um, how, how, many, how many earths is that? You could fit, nerd out on this, marvel at this 262 trillion earths inside of beetlejuice you do not understand how big that is let me help you understand that how big that is where's my man merce where you at merce merce hey you don't have to come up here merce but merce my guy we share, I'm a Raiders fan, but you're a New Orleans Saints fan. Your family is from there. They're my NFC team. I love Drew Brees, my guy. Oh, I know, he's so good though. Uh, they play, they play in, at a place called the Superdome. I think we have a picture of the Superdome. Beetlejuice is so large that if earth was a golf ball, you could fill up the superdome with golf balls. If the earth was a golf ball, you could fill the superdome with golf balls 3,000 times. 3,000 times. That's how much bigger this planet is than earth. This is the God that we serve. Is anybody else just feeling really, really small right now? Oh, don't feel small. Just realize God is really, really, really big. But trip out on this. Betelgeuse is not the biggest star that we even know of. <laughs> anybody, anybody ready to go a little bit bigger? Let's go a little bit bigger. Yeah, okay. Next, let's talk about a star called Musifi. Somebody say, Musifi. <laughs> Musifi. Um, if, if, if Earth was a golf ball, Musifi... Musifi would be the length of the Golden Gate Bridge twice. Okay, so what you have to do then is you need to go from New York to San Francisco, go to the Golden Gate Bridge, put your golf ball at the end of the Golden Gate Bridge, cross over the bridge into Oakland, Oakland Raiders, baby. Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, now get far enough to where you can see all of the Golden Gate Bridge and now imagine a whole other Golden Gate Bridge and that is Musifi compared to Earth. Wow, Corey, that is really big. Yeah, that's, that's really, really big. Um, so how many golf balls is that? <laughs> so Musifi, you could fit how many earths could you fit in Musifi? You could fit 2.7 quadrillion. Okay. I know we didn't get that big of a reaction right there because we don't understand how big quadrillion is. This is the first and only time you'll ever see Pastor Corey do math, okay? (laughs) I promise you, this is the most math I've ever done, not in a message, in my entire life, all right? And all the math was done for me, so it'll check out. All right, so... You guys know the number a million. We could all kind of understand a million. Uh, you guys know a billion, right? So a billion is 1,000 millions, okay? And, and, and a trillion is a 1,000 billions, right? Well, a quadrillion is 1,000 trillions. I know you're not tripping out yet. Uh, I'll help you trip out. How long ago was a million seconds? So 1 million seconds ago was 12 days ago. How cool is that? 12 days ago, that was 1 million seconds ago. So, how long ago was a billion seconds? Oh, well, if if a million was 12 days ago, then a billion, all right, Corey, a billion seconds ago was like January, huh? No, a billion seconds ago was right about my lifetime. You're like, dang, Corey, you're old. Yeah, 1990 is a billion seconds ago. You see how big a million to a billion is? That's crazy, right? So a billion seconds ago. How long ago was a trillion seconds ago? Woo, Corey. Well, if you're a billion years old, a bi- oh God, if you're a billion seconds old, the gray hair is, is not because of how old I am. It's because you guys stress me out. Oh, junior hires, stop dating. Uh-uh. A, a, a billion seconds ago is 1990. So then a trillion seconds. Okay, Corey. Yeah, we're going into the 1800s. No, Christopher Columbus, uh uh-uh. The time of Jesus, no. One trillion seconds ago, one trillion seconds ago, get this, it is 29,700 BC. Okay, so a quadrillion, that's a trillion, a quadrillion seconds ago, a quadrillion seconds ago was thirty million, eight hundred years ago. That's how big this, 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 this number, quadrillion, is. One quadrillion seconds ago was 30 million, eight hundred years ago, and you could fit 2.7 quadrillion Earths into Musifi. That's how big this planet is, this, this star is. It's massive. Now, I don't know about you, but that makes me view the world different. Beetlejuice, Musifi, <laughs> how massive that is, it makes me view the world different. Well, what are you talking about, Corey? Um, I see people who go, uh, well, that's what God said. I don't agree with God. <laughs> I, I just want to tell people, do you know how big Musifi is? Because <laughs> God created that. and you, you, I liken that to something like, like anybody, get, anybody get some ants in their house this summer? We never have ants, we had ants in our house this summer. Well, imagine an ant coming into your house, a little ant scurries into your house, and you're like, oh, snap, and you're about to step on the ant, and he goes, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and you're like, what? And he goes, I don't, I don't agree with you in stopping me. And you're like, I don't care, it's my house. He's like, well, I don't even believe you exist. <laughs> you're like, okay. <laughs> and here we are these tiny little ants on a golf ball-sized planet trying to tell God how he should run the universe. Get this, trying to tell God, oh, well, my truth. You got your truth, I've got my truth. This is why Jesus said, no, 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 I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the truth. Well, I don't agree with that. Did you make Musifi? Did you think up and create Beetlejuice? No, you didn't. Dude, this is, it just, it just, it's crazy to me. But you know what it does for me when I look at the world? It does this. It goes, wow, God, you are so big. And sometimes I read your word and I see how you did things or what you did. There's even some things that you call sin that I'm like, I don't understand that, God. Like, I don't get why that's wrong but you're so big and you're so massive that I don't have to understand. I'll just trust that you're right and I'm wrong because my brain is smaller than a football and your brain is as big as Musifi. This, 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 this thing that is 2.7 quadrillion times the size of earth and I am just one Of 7.2 billion ants on that planet. So God, I'm going to see the world as you see it. I don't know about you, but this massive, massive thing just makes me see the world different. I love the way Isaiah the prophet says it. In Isaiah chapter 55 verse 9, he says, for just as the heavens, he's talking about space, the cosmos, he says, just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so My ways, this is God talking, my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Anybody else just like, yeah, if God can create stuff like that, I'm just going to agree with him on stuff. I'm not going to take to Instagram. (laughs) I don't need to, I don't know that I got to go and just watch the news every day to tell me how the world works. I think I'll just trust the God that when he talks He just chills, and he's sipping his eternal latte that never runs out. (laughs) And he goes, and then Musifi comes out, (laughs) and he sneezes, and then Beetlejuice. (laughs) I'm just going to go with what he says. Hey, as the band heads up, the next thing, um, I think, I don't know, Charles, if just you're heading up, whatever. (laughs) If you guys could come play the intro to Star Wars, (laughs) that would work so well. The third thing I think that, that seeing all of this does for us, it makes us look at it different, is uh, it makes us see God different. Write that down if you're taking notes, God. Oh, the craziest thing? Betelgeuse is not the largest star that we've found. Musifi. Somebody say Musifi. I know you've been wanting to this whole time. The largest star that we have found is a star so appropriately named. And it's called Canis Majoris. Is that not like perfectly named Canis Majoris? It's the, uh, it's the purple one right over there, glowing real bright. And I know what you're thinking. Ah, oh, twinkle, twinkle, little star. It's not twinkle, twinkle, little star. It's the largest star that we have found. I didn't do any of the math, and I can't tell you how big it is relative to a golf ball-sized Earth. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Of course I did, you guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're like, no. How could you get to this point and not figure that out? If earth was a golf ball, Canis Majoris would be the height of Mount Everest, the tallest point, the tallest point on all of planet earth. You could fit seven quadrillion. So Musifi, 2.7 quadrillion earths. Canis Majoris, seven quadrillion Earths would fit into Canis Majoris. That is enough golf balls to cover the entire state of Texas, 22 inches high. Can you go find the golf ball that you're living on across the state of Texas, 22 inches high? That's how big this planet is. And this is the God that we serve. When I was 17 years old, and I learned about Canis Majoris, it changed how I worship. As I sang to God, I sang to a God that I didn't realize how big He is, and I still can't. It's the crazy thing; we we still can't wrap our head around it. It changed how I pray. Uh, in a lot of ways, what it made me do is it made me stop telling God how big my problems are because God made Canis Majoris and my problem probably doesn't seem very big to him. Instead, I just started telling my problems how big my God is. Oh, depression? My God made Canis Majoris. I don't have to worry about you. Abandonment? You're not that big of a deal to a God that creates stars that are seven quadrillion times the size of the planet that I live on. It made me change how I pray. It made me change how I view my relationship with God. So I realized God is this amazing and big and massive and phenomenal, and yet I, me, I get to have a relationship with him You, look at your neighbor, say you. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. Again, tell them I don't know about you. Everyone look at the camera, say you. You online, those of you watching online. We get to have a relationship with this God. Charles, you can start playing whenever, man. Make it sound more more spiritual than we actually are because we are all in awe right now. I wanna I want take a really quick uh, journey for a second. Um, do you uh a favor? Uh, I, who, I don't know who's on lights, is it Danica? Danica, uh, uh, whoever's, whoever's doing lights. Caleb's just gonna do it all. <laughs> Caleb, would you, would you black out lights other than the, the LED stuff and uh, go ahead and roll the, the video, this video for us. Let's, let's go on a little journey. There's, uh, there's Mars. And there's Venus, the hottest planet in in our solar system because of the acid spores that are on the surface and the greenhouse effects that it has. Look, there's Earth. Oh my gosh, (laughs) that's us! Yes! (laughs) Yeah, and then there's Neptune. Earth is a very special place, by the way. There's Saturn. How massive is Saturn? That's crazy. Jupiter. Here is the sun. Really quick, everybody look towards the right. Look towards the right. You see the blue thing fading into the distance. That's not us. That's Neptune. (laughs) You already can't see us. We're already gone. There's Sirius, a plug to satellite radio. Thank you, Sirius, for the satellite radio. (laughs) Not the biggest star, but the brightest star in the sky, Pollux. Arcticus, if you're looking for a strong name for your son. There's Regal, so beautifully named. There's our boy, Beetlejuice! Antares, such a cool name, Antares. You see how big Beetlejuice was? Bye-bye, Beetlejuice. We are jumping right now to our boy, Musufi and his cousin, W.C. Feet. <laughs> and there it is, the largest star we know of, Canis Majoris. We bring lights back up. You huh? guys, my prayer tonight as you see that, how huge, how huge our galaxy is. As you marvel at the cosmos, I pray that you would marvel at the vastness of God. Pray that something would be birthed in your heart of how amazing He is. Because here's the thing. When we elevate God to his rightful place, because so many of us, we just think way too small of God. But when we, when we elevate God to his rightful place, everything else will fall into place. The very last thing, you're like, there's no more things, Corey. You showed us the video, Canis Majoris is massive. The last thing that I see different is me. I see myself different. Can we nerd out one last time? I know we're going over time, but one last, this this, like changed my life. Uh, Voyager 1 is a a space probe that NASA launched into space September 5th, 1977. On Valentine's Day, 1990, um, Voyager was on like past Neptune about 3.7 billion miles away from the sun and that's when the mission managers, they commanded Voyager one more time to turn around and to take pictures of home and then we got what's become known as the first ever family portrait of our solar system, not our galaxy we don't have that (laughs) just our solar system and what What Voyager did is it it took a sequence of 60 pictures. And using dial-up in 1990, I don't know what they used. uh, Voyager began sending back these images. Would you do me a favor um, one more time for the sake of seeing it? Would you, uh, maybe don't black out stage, but black out audience for the sake of seeing the screens better, because it might be hard to see this. One of the images that voyager sent back was was this image like Corey, you showed us some dope images and now this now this trash that's like the that's like when you when you go to like you do the pictures at walmart and you go and you look at them after they give them to you and you're like this one's trash like throw that away Voyager turned around and took a picture from 3.7 billion miles away and just so happened to catch planet Earth floating in a beam of sunlight. Do you see it? You see the little dot? This is one of the the most famous pictures in all of astronomy. It's called the pale blue dot. That's planet Earth. A, uh, an American astronomer, he wrote an entire book based on this picture. And in this book, he said this, an amazing quote. He just nails it. He says, look at that dot again. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, Everyone you ever love, everyone you ever know, everyone you ever heard of, every human being who ever was lived out their lives. The history of our species lived there on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam. I don't know about you, but the first time that I saw this picture, a shrinking feeling came over me. But it wasn't a bad shrinking feeling, it was a good shrinking feeling. Realizing how big God is. Psalm 8:4 says, What is mankind that you're mindful of them? Human beings, that you care for them? Another version says, uh, Psalm 8:4. What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Someone wrote a worship song off of that verse. Says, Who am I that you, the God that when you speak, galaxies are birthed? Who am I that you are mindful of me? That you care for me? trip out on this, that you speak to me. How many people in this room that went to summer camp would say God spoke to you at summer camp? you know, you know why I think God spoke to so many people at summer camp? Because you could see all of this and you could see the pale blue dot and you could see Canis Majoris and you could learn about how far away a light year is and know that the the closest star to us is 4.2 light years away. So we don't see it as it is now, but how it was four years ago. And And you can feel like, oh, God's just way too big for me. But I think one of the reasons that God doesn't speak to us sometimes is because not that He's too big for us, but that we're too busy for Him. So when we get away to summer camp and we stop being busy, all of a sudden, the universe breathing God breathes His breath into us and speaks to us. This made me view me different the definition of marvel is to be filled with wonder and astonishment I hope that's what happened tonight how great is our God we kicked off the night reading Colossians 1 verse 16. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms on earth, in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made these things. We can see the things, uh, the things we can see, the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Everything. But did you know this? Did you know you're amazing? Look at your neighbor and say, you're amazing. Did you know that there's 75 trillion cells in your body? Did you know there's 75 trillion cells in your body? If a cell was a golf ball, no, I didn't do a golf ball for this one. But it's a, that's a lot of cells. You know how much cells it is? That's enough cells that if you were to take and stretch those cells end to end, you could go to the moon and back with the cells that are in your body. That's how many cells that there are. Oh, I'm sorry, Uh, 178,000 times you could go to the moon and back with the cells in your body. You are a walking, talking, breathing galaxy. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. 75 trillion cells. And when I just told you that, did you know that 50,000 of your cells died and was replaced with 50,000 more cells? And now 50,000 more just died and 50,000 more were just replaced with it. Because that happens every three seconds of every day of your entire life. And you wonder why you're tired all the time. (laughs) But there's one thing in your body that I want to point out because this is just, it's mind-blowing. There's this thing in your body called, um, it's one cell, it's a molecule, it's, 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 it's a cell adhesion molecule, and the key word there is adhesion. It, it's basically the Elmer's glue of the body. Um, people say, you know, microbiologists say that without this um, cell adhesion molecule, that you or I, we would literally just fall apart. This is quite literally the thing that holds us together. It is a protein adhesion molecule called laminin. Yeah, that's like exactly how I responded when I first heard the word laminin. I was like, this sounds like the thing I fell asleep on in science class in high school. You've got to see laminin. Here's a scientific diagram of laminin. It's the cell adhesion molecule that holds you together. How crazy is that? I know you guys are probably like, "Ah, I don't want to see the real thing. Just the scientific diagram will do. I'll show you the real thing anyways. Here's what the real thing looks like. There it is. sees that here's the verse that, that I t- we told our girl Avery not to read it follows up a f- uh, Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 everything was created through him and for him now listen to this next part Colossians chapter 1 verse 17 he existed before anything and he holds all creation together course he does so you went back to school today but you're in the toughest season of your entire life and more than the size of any star or anything (laughs) the the vastness of the galaxies you want to know can God hold me together I would say to you he already is because there's a cross that stands over time and its shadow is over you and he holds all things together. How great is our God. So if tonight you're in a place of your life where you feel lost or you feel broken or you feel you feel like you're all alone, I want to encourage you. This is a God who fearfully and wonderfully made you this is a God that, bring, that breathes galaxies into existence and more than anything he wants a relationship with you how amazing is that would you bow your heads would you close your eyes if you're here tonight and you would say I want that relationship with that God if that's you I'm going to ask you to respond in a really simple way I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand and put it right back down. And you might say, Corey, why should I lift my hand? Because I just believe that when we respond on the outside to what God's doing on the inside, it just solidifies it in our hearts and our lives. So here you go. When I get to three, you just lift your hand, put it right back down. If you're watching online, respond the same way. Here, you know, this is your moment. This is your time. You're not responding to me. You're responding to this great, great God. One, two, three, go. All over this, place. Wow. Anybody else? Amazing. Amazing. Hey, let's pray really quick. And I want you to understand right now what you're about to do. You're about to talk to God, the one who breathes galaxies into existence. I'm going to give you the words. Would you just, everybody, because we're a family, we pray together. Would you just repeat these words right after me? Everybody say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, it's not the end of the journey, it's the beginning. We want to help you in the next week of your faith journey. Do us a favor. Would you DM us on Instagram the words next7. And we want to get you something called the next seven days it's a free gift we want to get to you um it'll really help you in your faith journey and i just really really think that the last thing that we should do tonight is worship this big god so would you do me a favor would you stand to your feet would you head to the front and and as you do i just want to i just want to echo like When I began to learn these things about God, it changed how I worship. It changed how I prayed. It changed how I I viewed the world, how I viewed myself, how I viewed life. But it changed how I worship. So in this moment, I just think that, like, probably every one of us will worship different. Because you're realizing that you are you're worshiping a God that created the Sun and 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 Beetlejuice and Musifi and Canis Majoris this thing that seven quadrillion Earths could fit in that is the magnitude of our God do me a favor close your eyes lift your hands Forget about who's around you. Think for a moment of the things you saw tonight, how big this God is. Tonight, let's sing this out together and declare these words. How great is our God. Good God.